What's up, guys? Welcome to the Disgruntled. We're on episode five, I believe, four or five. Had some problems with the earlier podcasts that we've had to had to delete for certain reasons. But I'm Wes Medeiros, here as always with John Gresham, and we are joined this week by Hunter Oswald. Hunter, how are you doing today, man? Hey, uh, doing good. It's uh, Wednesday evening, and my college uh, let us out for spring break since they took away um, our whole week that we normally would have. They gave us Thursday and Friday off. Oh, nice. Uh, and so, well, I mean, nice. It's better than nothing, but... Man, I got the so, whole week off. Fuck. Yeah, go exactly. Got the whole week off. Our, my school gave gave us two days. Uh, the only plus side to it is our finals are going to be uh, the very first week of May, and then I'm out. Hell yeah. And, you know, it's, it's summer camp, and then uh, I've got a capstone for my internship, and Hell yeah. school carries on. And I go to my last year. So speaking of school, where are you? Where are you at right now? Where are you going? Uh, currently, right now, I'm a uh, I'm a junior at the University of North Georgia. Uh, oh, nice. I am actually in the Corps Cadets. Uh, University of North Georgia is probably one of the smallest uh, senior military academies. However, it is well known as being the uh, historic military college of Georgia. It's been producing officers for the U.S. Army since 1873. Um, it's a, it's a very historic, very, a lot of lineage there. And, I mean, the cadre that I have there right now are phenomenal. I mean, they're – my uh, my OIC, he's actually a Green to Gold guy himself. And nice. so talking to him has been great because he understands where I'm coming from and what I'm doing with. And all the NCO and the support staff all the way up to the uh, professor of military science and the commandant, they're, they're A1 guys. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned Green to Gold. Um, before we get started in this podcast, will you dig a little bit into that? Because we have some a bunch of civilians that listen to this that don't, you know, know the Army lingo. So can you explain what Green to Gold is? Yeah, uh, so Green to Gold is one of the options that the, uh, not only the U.S. Army, but the U.S. military has it across their branches. Granted, in the Navy, they call it Blue to Gold, um, and I'm sure they have different designations across the different branches. Uh, but for the Army, it's Green to Gold, and that's an opportunity where they take skilled enlisted men, individuals who have proven themselves, you know, competent enough uh, to become officers. Now, whether or not they have a degree dictates their situation. For myself, I dropped out of college back in uh, early 2015, and I enlisted right off the bat. Oh, excuse me. But uh, enlisted right off the bat, and I did five years, and so I never had my degree. Uh, but when I enlisted, I had gone in with the intentions of doing Green to Gold. I had known about the program, which I thought was kind of common knowledge, because when I actually entered the service, I was telling my leadership, like, hey, I want to do Green to Gold. I want to drop my packet in about two to three years, because I still want to have the enlisted experience so I can become a better lieutenant um, and better oh, yeah. understand the men. Uh, Fuck the men. And that wound up turning <laughs> up to be five years. I pretty much did my entire contract that I had signed on for in 2015. Damn, I didn't realize that. Holy shit. Yeah, before I That's actually so got accepted. Um, and so I got accepted into the program, and they said, hey, you're not completely retarded. We're going to send you <laughs> up to, uh, for lack of a better term. They said, hey, you're, you're, uh, you've got a high GT score. You've performed phenomenally. You've made E6 in four years. Like, you make all the things that we want to see in an officer. 
we're going to take a chance on you. We're going to pay for your college, and we'll give you some stipends, and we'll send you back to school. You finish your degree, you commission, you come back to us. And so, um, long story short, you go from uh, enlisted to officer, and all you got to do is finish your degree. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So, you mentioned you were enlisted. So, go about why you joined the military. What led you to joining the military? since I was a kid living out in Texas. I was an army brat. Uh, my dad colonel. was in. Yeah, the colonel. Uh, my dad's old retired. Uh, so, so just in case you guys, go ahead and let you guys know, me and Oswald are really old friends back back all the way to sixth grade. So we'll get into yeah. that probably. But anyways. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my dad was in. His dad was in. I mean, as far as I'm aware, that's kind of where it was. I I think my granddad's dad was the first generation immigrant uh, from Poland. Oh wow! And I mean, and then it was just military. And so growing up, I'd always kind of been around it. I was exposed to my dad seeing him leave at you know zero dark thirty in the morning and PTs or BDUs at the time, whatever it was. And growing up around that, I always looked up to my dad and I said, you know, I want to be an army man too. And obviously, as a kid, I had the understanding expectations that he was doing like cool guy <laughs> even though it was like Monday and he was coming back in the evening but um, I'd always kind of wanted to do it and graduating high school John knows this I was this close to signing the paperwork right out of high school to enlist I wanted to I wanted to go out I wanted to see the world. I wanted to go on deployments, do all the cool guy stuff. <laughs> and uh, at, at the best of my parents, at the, yeah, at the uh, <laughs> the best of my parents, I did not. They gave me a sit down. They told me they said, "Hey, enlisted life is not officer life. What you've grown up has been the life of an officer. <laughs> understand that the pay scale is significantly different. Yeah. Even if you make it at the top pay rank of the enlisted." in, you know, 15, 20 years, you're still not going to be making the amount of money and have the same kind of lifestyle that you've grown accustomed to growing up. And, you know, between that and also my mom essentially crying, <laughs> I decided to go to school. <laughs> I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, she was, she was very upset when I mentioned enlisting at any time. Um, and that continued on so, when I dropped out of college. <laughs> did, you, did you have a, I can't remember, did you have a job picked out? You were thinking about going infantry, right? I can't remember. Yeah, uh, so out of high school, uh, obviously infantry was, I knew like, hey, those are the door kickers. Like, I want that blue cord, I want to do blue cord stuff. Um, but, you know, long story short, didn't, didn't happen. I did wind up going to school. Uh, I went to the University of North Georgia, the same school I'm at now. I went there for uh, for two years, and that's originally where I met my now fiance Catherine, and um, that's where I kind of like solidified my basic knowledge. Uh, but at my sophomore year, I was having such a bad academic year. I was not enjoying the time. I wasn't really getting along with a lot of people. I didn't have a lot of friends outside of a few close friends, and obviously the old Henry County guys. Um, and so I actually, I'd actually dropped out sophomore year, um, and I enlisted. And then from that, I went, you know, I stayed, I lived the airborne infantryman life. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I, as the old army slogan was, I was all I could be. <laughs> <laughs> that was all I could be. Oh, fuck. Man. Oh, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll, you'll probably remember that. that was the old... All the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sky Soldiers. Hey, bro. Oh, yeah, you were Sky Soldiers. Nah, it's all about, all about the, the 82nd life. Oh, trust me, I lived the division. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, John knows a little bit about this, but I'll tell you a little bit more about that old division life. Um, we'll start in chronological order, <laughs> if y'all give a shit about that, just so it's not a... Fuck it, send it. That, is that what you want? You want a chronological order of my... Uh, I, I, want a full, I want a full timeline of... Not <laughs> okay. That's what was. Well, hey, he said he wants. Nah. <laughs> I want it drawn out. I want pictures. You know. All right. Let me get a. Let me get a. I see a here. I'm just gonna start drawing back the there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, I dropped out of college. No degree. Not even an associate's. Despite I had like sixty-nine credit hours. Something like that. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. But dropped out of college, and I went straight to the recruiter, and I said, hey, I want an 11 Bravo option 40 contract. And he looked at me, and he's like, oh. excuse me, who are you? He knows what he's doing. Excuse me, who are you? And and I said, hey, like this is me, blah, blah, blah. This is what I want. I want to be airborne. I want an option 40 contract. I want to go to Ranger Regiment. I want to do this, this, and this. I want to leave as soon as possible. And this was uh, Staff Sergeant Martinez. I remember him to this day. <laughs> and he said, all right. And I like swooped everything off his desk, pulled up his computer, started going through it. And he's like, well, sadly, because this was May, May, June time frame. Um, and he goes, well, sadly, we're nearing the end of the fiscal year, which, you know, you guys know fiscal year is October. And that's yeah. when the Army... At the end of October, everything's dead. You can't get a reenlistment bonus or anything like that. You have to wait until New Year, blah, blah, blah. Oh, excuse me. But um, I said, okay, well, what about just like a regular 11 Bravo infantryman contract? Uh, airborne, with an uh, airborne attached. And he goes, uh, we don't have any of those either. But would you like to be air defense artillerymen? I said, absolutely not. And he goes, what about for $40,000? And I said, no. <laughs> I had to think about that one. No. <laughs> and then he goes, okay, what about EOD, uh, EOD tech? And I was like, hmm, bomb. That sounds pretty cool. And he's like, plus it comes with a $60,000 uh, signing bonus. And I was like, oh, Ooh. that's pretty good. <laughs> but I took that back and I said, I showed my dad and he goes, do not. Do not do EOD. <laughs> Blow uh, yourself up. There's an EOD selection on top of that you'll live a depressed, overworked life. And he, he said, pretty much if they're offering any sort of bonus, that means the Army's hurting for it, which means nobody wants to see yeah. There's a reason there's like, a bonus. Yeah, and I said, well, that's pretty fair. And I said, well, I'm just going to hold off until October to where I can get an option 40 contract, and I'll go that way. Well, the very next day, I get a call from old Staff Sergeant Martinez, and he says, hey, Oswald, how old are you? I was like, uh, 20? And he goes, oh, like, you're 20 right now? like, how old will you be on February 3rd? Like, of next year. I was like, 21? And he goes, awesome. How do you feel about fucking special forces? <laughs> oh, like, oh, boy. Special, special forces. forces. <laughs> special forces. Ooh. Special forces. Fuck special forces. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so I was, I was all hyped up. He got me hyped up. And I was like, do you think I could be a special forces? <laughs> and, uh, I was a fat, I was a fat body 
too. I, I was not, I was a fat guy. I was like 180 pounds of oh, fat. No. Couldn't run two miles to save my life. But you could be special forces. Yeah, and so here's what Sasha Martinez got me, though. He said, so it's essentially an infantryman's contract, but it's five years instead of three years. And I said, oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> great. That sounds awesome. Well, because my plan was to do like three years, come back, finish school, commission, blah, blah, blah. Like I had already, like that was my mind. Yeah. I just wanted to get away from school until I got older and could go back. Um, and he said, oh, no, no, no. But I was going, wait, you can, if you fail selection, not if you drop out, if you fail selection, you can, your contract goes to a regular infantry contract in length. That was the biggest bold-faced lie. He <laughs> me, and I bought it at face value. And I was like, yep, that's money. Here's my name a hundred times. Oh, no. Right hand up, and I was off. <laughs> Little did I know that the day that I swore in at MEPS, my future team leader was there at MEPS. Nice. That's another story. <laughs> Hell yeah. Horrible experience. <laughs> um, so I ship off. Wait, at the same, like at the same MEPS? Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I'll, and I'll, I'll tell more about him. Uh, he's one of my favorite people of all time, despite him giving me literal nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, OSIT goes on, that's, what was it, 16, 18 weeks, whatever, like four Six, months. 16, I think, something, yeah, 16. O, o, yeah. OSIT, one station unit training, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basic yeah. training. Uh, yeah, infantry, <laughs> yeah, infantry has a one station unit training simply because infantry, AIT, advanced individual training, is essentially just basic training 2.0. You learn how to shoot better. You yeah. crawl a little bit lower. You run a little bit faster. Crawl a little bit. No, like it's honestly the same shit. Just like you said, just a little. Eh. Yeah, you turn it up. You crank it up to eleven. <laughs> um, for those of you that get that reference, it's quality movie. Um, quality. Hold on, before you go on, I don't know if you've heard, but um, Honor Hill burned down. Burned down. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see why? I was like three, five, four. I think. And no, 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 check it out, check it out. It was, it was a bunch of drunk privates. They had already graduated. They were in holdover, and they didn't get to do their honor hill because of COVID. And <laughs> so hold et cetera, on, et cetera. so I'm sorry. Not infantry here. What, what is, <laughs> fucking what is Honor Hill? Shut up, Poe. <laughs> fucking yeah. Oh, fucking Poe. So yeah. Honor Hill is after you do your FTX, you do. You'll do a ruck, whether it's 12 miles, whether there's like stuff thrown into it, and it's pretty much this gated area you go into where you get your your cross rifles and you become fucking oh, an infantryman. Oh, okay, yeah, because I thought I was thinking of the the big hill, but I thought that was stairway to heaven. No, no, no. It's, so that's a part of it. You do your FTX, and yeah. then you have what's called the bayonet march, which yeah. is a 12 mile ruck back. And for me, I heard this wasn't the same for everybody, but for me, like, we took contact along the way. Yeah. We got casualties. You had to, you know, load oh, the casualties cool. on stretchers. And you had to go all the way back to you got to Honor Hill. Then when yeah. you make it to Honor Hill, it's like zero four thirty in the morning. Yeah, you got yeah. companies, other companies yeah. on the side were, like, clapping, like, popping smoke for you. And you're just like, fuck, yeah. I want to be done. You're at, you could <laughs> care less what's happening. You're like, you know, shoot me. I'm done. 
<laughs> but you go through it. It's a very cool. It's a very cool uh, little ceremony. They give you a little. You take a little canteen cup. They give you some grog. Or okay, pie. this you le- exactly like the end of my. Baby. You legit drink the Kool Aid. It's not as hard. I don't. Yeah, like. you, it's it's Gatorade. They put you some electrolytes, and then yeah. if your drill sergeant likes you, he gives you you know the old uh, bloody cross rifles, or so I'm told. I can't. <laughs> confirm or deny. <laughs> that never happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that's abuse and we can't tolerate that in today's army. No. <laughs> no anyway. reason. Uh, so yeah, go through OSET uh, and right after that, I was lucky I didn't have to go into a holdover company before I went to airborne school. I went straight to airborne school. Uh, ground week was, you know, water running, beat your legs. Your run so long, that when you hit the ground, it's the ground that hurts. Yep. Yeah, dog. The old airborne video. Yeah, the old like Panama Cold War. Airborne. <laughs> airborne. Oh, God, dude. Like the uh, tint on the video is like a like a blue yellow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The whole the whole video just screams like eighties. This was, oh yeah! The, the whole video screams. This was born. This was filmed before you were born. Since the last, like I don't know, the legit, 20, 20. the legit last combat jump. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of before you were born, before I left, like my squad leader time, like enlisted time, I had private born after nine eleven. Yeah. Oh, bro, that's uh, it's bro. I was literally thinking about it the other day. Someone posted a um, you know how like gas stations will have that little, ooh, excuse me, they'll have that the date? little, yeah, like the date. It'll be like an electronic sign, and it'll yeah. say like the date at which you can we ID, which you can yeah. buy, yeah, we ID, yeah. and if you're born past this date, you can't buy alcohol. Someone zoomed in on it, and it said something about you could be born in in the two thousands. Bro, all you have to God, do that's so crazy. Just look at the one at the beginning of the year, and you're good. Like yeah. there's a one, you're good. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, think about yeah, that. I know, yeah. That, yeah, now, I know. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, the fact that there's pe- privates crazy. born after yeah, all 9-11. Of, all of my peers now, they're all, you know, 19, 20-year-old God. kids. And it's like, God damn. And yeah. it all sounds just like our parents did. Oh, <laughs> back of oh my day. <laughs> you youngsters. 95! Oh, my God! Yeah, now I'm 26 with a bad back, bad knees, <laughs> shoulders hurt. Yep. Uh, I had a, I had a, a guy come up to me. He was like, sorry. He's like, he's like, you have wings. He's like, did you jump? I'm like, no, dude. I just have the fucking wings just because. <laughs> Stolen back. So, no, I, so I had the wings. I got a fucking 80-second deployment patch. Like, no, I just fucking okay. bought them just because. Actually, and he was like, so- he's like, well, do your knees hurt? I'm like, dude, every fucking day, all day. Like, <laughs> they don't stop. <laughs> So, I, I actually, I don't think I've ever asked you that. What is it like being in a, in a non-airborne unit? Um, I tried going back to brag, let me just say that. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I tried going, but no, it, it's cool, man. I, I like it so far. It's light, so I like it. It's light, there you go. Hey, yeah, let's go on the knees, <laughs> that's for sure. Anyways, yeah, on, go ahead. On that, on that topic, though, uh, you know, John, you know Peyton? Uh, Wilkie from like all the group texts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he, he, he's now out. He's, uh, he's in training to be, uh, Louisiana State Trooper, I think, or something like that. Mm. Or New Orleans cop, something. Anyway. But 
he was in the 173rd with me. He got a compassionate reassignment to Bliss or Hood. Why would you Fuck. want to go to Hood? Well, it was a compassionate reassignment. <laughs> you want to go to Hood? Nah, fucking. This, this, I was about this to say. Back in 2017, 18, whatever it was. Yeah, back it was when people still wanted to go to Hood. <laughs> before people started just getting murked left and right. Yeah, yeah right. Disappearing. Um, actually, my old division sergeant major uh, is at Hood, and he's he's done a lot of good. He's done a lot of good there. Uh, Star Major Gregoine, phenomenal guy. Good for him. He's a real, like, salt of the earth uh, man. That's good. He's got a lot of wisdom. He gave me a lot of information, like, especially stepping in towards, like, the officer uh, side of things. He's very insightful, man. He's got a lot of wisdom. Phenomenal guy. I can't say enough about him. Uh, Great at golf as well. (laughs) I mean, that's all they do, right? No, I'll I'll go on to that in the later part of my career. Uh, But yeah, where were we? uh, Wilkie, he went like I said, he went over to a hood or bush or wherever it was, and I texted him like, "Hey, how's it being a leg, you stupid leg?" Bro, he was like, like, "Honestly, it's great." But I'm like, he's like, I just picked up my stripes, and I'm having to tell my platoon sergeant how to do tactical operations. Jesus. He's like, the level of understanding of tactical operations between the airborne and non-airborne is astronomical. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't say it enough. He's like, Siggers and Clark and everybody else that we had in the 173rd, despite them like making us hate our lives, made us exponentially better. So yeah, no, I mean, everyone yeah. I know from 173rd has been fucking just spot on. Like, they know their shit. Yeah. yeah, that that is something, like you said, that's something that I've noticed too, like, because I've talked to, like, old, some old infantry guys that I've met, um, help actually the guy across the street, um, and, like, we've talked about, like, I, like, um, matter of fact, especially when that 10th Mountain Division, um, that, that whole thing happened, um, Fuck you! Fuck hey, you! Hey, bro, you Fuck weren't you. in that! You, you weren't in that! You ain't got nothing to worry about! <laughs> but um, it was my fucking engineer battalion. Uh oh, oh so yeah so the, I guess so it wasn't the scouts it was engineers no it was it oh, was okay. it was so each I mean um cav is what I meant so each engine like yeah it was cav my bad but each cav yeah. had like an infantry like troop attached to them and that was their infantry troop so oh, okay. yeah we're not claiming them though <laughs> yeah well I don't blame you <laughs> um, but even when that came out like I had I talked to I talked to him um. You know, about, like, the video, and, like, we were kind of talking about, you know, what they did wrong and everything. Everything. And he was surprised that I knew what I knew. And, I and I mean, I didn't even do that much training, infantry-wise, when I was in the 82nd. I mean, I was only on the line for, like, six months. Because you're a and Even when I was there, we went out, like, three or four times. But it was just, like, people talked about it on a regular basis every day around when you were just... In the cough. Just and we constantly out, did whatever. it. You were constantly doing yeah, something. Oh, my God. Yeah. God almighty, dude. We trained so much. I mean, we went to fucking JRTC like six times. Well, not even that. You're constantly... I'm, I'm pretty sure 173 is the same way. Like, if you're not doing anything, you're wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I would, I, man, I remember I would be walking like cough to cough sometimes or, or doing whatever, and and I would see these dudes just out there. They'd have a glass house set up, and yeah. I mean, sometimes I just go over there and just watch. Devil just field. See what they're doing and just get an idea, like okay, I see what they're doing, and I could hear them talking. That's how I learned some of the stuff was just fucking eavesdropping. Honestly, have either of y'all been to Bragg lately? Uh, oh. I've been uh tuning in. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been. Back to bra- back at Bragg. Back at Bragg. I haven't been back at Bragg since uh, I left back in July of uh, twenty. 20- I yeah. I stopped by right. Bragg. I stopped by Bragg in like two thousand and eighteen or nineteen, something so, like that. Because I was driving. I when I was working for my old company that that took me around the country. Yeah. I stopped by there once, but I mean, I didn't even go on base. I just stopped. So Devil's Field, you know. You know what Devil's Field is. I don't know if you. Yeah. They yeah, are. Where we used to do. Yeah. Where everybody used to do PT, right? PT, fucking manifest, all that shit. Yeah. So they, the whole field now is just a fucking like obstacle horse. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's like, like I'm sitting. Cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty dope looking. So where do they do manifest and all that shit for those those battalions over there? I don't know. I'm not there anymore. <laughs> they probably fucking do it in the parking lot. <laughs> well, it, it's either that or it's like. Uh, because I was in second brigade, I was with a two three two five white white falcon, uh, and we had falcon field. And yeah. I mean, there was ex- there was a JFD that we a, a joint forcible entry that we did uh, with Devil Brigade, and yeah. it was uh, it was Devil Plus white, and it was awesome. I mean, just seeing that many paratroopers. <laughs> Just doing what paratroopers do—it's it, it, awesome. Well, that and, awesome. And, and first brigade's the best. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> How many times did you guys fail, JRTC? It was—it wasn't Geronimo. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it, it wasn't Geronimo. That for sure wasn't us. That for sure wasn't us. Probably fucking strike hold or whatever they were. <laughs> strike hold. God. Oh man. Good times. God, I want to go back. The thing that blows my mind about <laughs> a specific unit at Bragg is Panther Brigade. Oh fuck them, dude! They are ass. Uh, their whole well, I mean, their whole slogan H minus. You were wrong. <laughs> you were wrong. <laughs> you did not hit the timeline. You did not make you. You overshot the timeline. <laughs> you undershot it. And guess what? You uh, you are wrong. And you're proud of it? You are wrong. <laughs> Dude, that's probably the uh, worst uh, brigade at Bragg. And I don't care if there's anybody that's in fucking Panther Brigade listening to this. They are the worst fucking brigade. So, I, I remember hearing a lot about Fury, but I don't remember if it was a good place to be or a bad place to be. I just remember hearing a lot so about... Fury, I had a buddy that I served with in the 173rd. He came from 4th Brigade, which um, got dispersed and put throughout the other three brigades. There's also some other stories um, about 4th Brigade that I don't know if I'm allowed to bring up on this podcast. Hey, no. Well, you're act- oh, yeah, you're active duty. Let's be careful. I mean, I'm sure everyone knows about it, the fucking gay porn that they put out. I don't know about that. What, no? Let's just know. at 4th uh, Brigade was redistributed amongst the division. <laughs> um, but, I mean, from everything you told me, 4th Brigade was the brigade, but, you know, yeah. it being the 4th Brigade, it was time to 
uh, you know, without having their oh, yeah, that's, of yeah, that's the initial invasion. Yeah. They said, hey, we don't need an entire fourth brigade combat team. Cut it out and then take the batons, redistribute them. Well, shit. Um, yeah, and that's how we got. That's how we got birthed. Yeah, I was just about to say that. That's yeah, how we. I mean, I mean, that's how my unit stood up. The, and and that, that's why we have, in, like, 2nd Brigade, we had, uh, it was... I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. 1, 2, 5, 0, 3, or, not 5, 0, 3, sorry, it's not 3rd. It was, uh, <laughs> 1, 3, 2, 5, 2, 3, 2, 5, and then we had, uh, 2 Fury. So, Red Falcons, White Falcons, and, uh, 2 Fury, I think it was. <laughs> no Black, it, no Blue Falcons? No, yo, so no, they, I, have, they, they did have a Blue Falcon. They did have a did Blue Did they? Falcon. There was a Blue yeah. Falcon. Yeah, I talked to an old, uh, Panama event. Uh, well, I mean, hell, we there. we had the white he devils. Yeah, well, I mean, we had but, the fucking white devils. <laughs> but white devils and blue falcon, you know, blue falcons, yeah. yeah. Oh, blue falcons definitely sticks for sure. For those of y'all that don't yeah. know, a blue falcon is a buddy fucker. BF. Yeah. Blue, blue falcon, BF, buddy fucker. <laughs> yeah, don't um, want to be that. Yeah, don't want to be a blue falcon. No. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, I, man, 82nd, man, it's, <laughs> airborne units, I, I was watching something, uh, was it today? Yeah, it was today, I was watching something on old, uh, what do they call it? I know they call, the 25th in Hawaii, they call them Tropic Thunder. Do they call, they call the Arctic, I mean, um, they call it 25th in Alaska, they call them Arctic Lightning? I've heard that before, but I'm not sure, um, and they were talking about them. And um, and how like they have to jump out and and jump into the snow bro, and, fuck the that. and shit. I was like, bro, fuck that. I was like, I hated I'll, jumping I'll, enough. I'll tell you what though. Those I mean, there was fun to cats, it. Those airborne cats out of the twenty fifth. Those I put them, you know, right up there. They're from my experience. Oh well, hold on, hold on. Now we're getting a little discrepancy on this side. What, what's, <laughs> what's up, Wes? Um. My team leader I have under me is probably one of the worst NCOs I've ever seen, and he came from the 25th. I mean, really? Yeah. I can say there was a dude I knew <laughs> that I, I mean, I I didn't appreciate him as much as I liked other people from other units. I'll yeah. say that. Okay, so, so I, mean, I, I, I may be, I'll, I'll probably say But you, you, got, you have those onesies and twosies. My exposure with those cats from the 25th, are guys that I met at, you know, Jump Master School yeah. or other, like, professional development, like, NCOPD courses, so on and so forth. Um, so, I mean, the guys that I'm meeting, you know, aren't the run-of-the-mill, like, scraping the bottom of yeah, the you'll, Yeah, you'll, you'll have your yeah. onesies and twosies, that's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this dude, probably one of the worst team leaders I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean the dude that I knew, he wasn't terrible, but I mean he just he was kind of a dick. <laughs> he was kind of a dick, and it was kind of unnecessary. Yeah, um, I hope he doesn't he, listen to this because if so, I'm about to lose my squad leader position. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I could. Hey, I, mean, I could all drop I gotta say, name hey, reflected on his NCOPD. Yeah, or on his NCOER. You know, <laughs> well, see, I can't. The only thing is, I can't rate him yet because we're both still E fives. Oops. Position over rank. If you're still a squad leader, yeah. you can still rate him. If you if you have time over him, if you have time and service over him, you don't need time and grade. But if you have time, time and service. service over him, and y'all are both fives, you can still rate him. You're huh. still his first line rate. I mean, I go to ALC in May, so I'm not really worried about it. Do yeah. it. <laughs> you're, still his, you're still his first line rater, and then you know his supervisor See? or his uh, senior rater 
is uh, James Harden. See, I don't, I don't know this shit. I'll figure it out though. <laughs> he said, "I don't know this shit." I'll figure it out. <laughs> hey, so, so, so where, so where were we at, Oswald? Uh, where okay. were we at in your career? <laughs> We get sidetracked. I don't say it's about to be a three-hour episode. <laughs> All right, so here we are. Twenty-year-old private Oswald just graduated airborne school. Got his uh, may or may not have got his, gotten his blood lung. Um, Allegedly, shows up, to, uh, shows up to Fort Bragg, and I'm there for SFAS, which is Special Forces Assessment and Collection Program. And long story short, we had a long, what's known as Stuco, student company. Uh, I'll just omit all the student company for my and their protection. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, But, you know, I go through Stuco, and then, you know, then it's, uh, what is it called? Topsy? Uh, I forget. Sopsy, it's like the pre-stage before you go to selection. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's Sopsy, I believe. Yep, so I'm at Sopsy, and I'm I'm struggling. I'm hurting <laughs> like a cow shot in the gut. <laughs> and uh, But I, I'm struggling through because I actually, I genuinely wanted to go to, uh, you know, an ODA. I wanted to get my Green Beret. I was pushing myself. And I get called out. Uh, Cadre asked me, he's like, hey, you know, what's wrong with you? I said nothing, sorry, I'm fine. He said bullshit. What's wrong with you? And then uh, he gets a medic to come over to check me out. He says, hey, check this dude out. Give him a head and toe. And medic's checking me out, and he's like, all right, last thing we need to do is a hernia check. Uh... And uh, I had had a hernia twice before. I had had one when I was like 12. What the fuck? And then, yeah, super young. And I had another one while I was in college, which was part of the reason why I dropped out. I had one in college when it, because I started playing rugby, mm. and I thought that I could, you know, do what the forwards did. Uh, forwards and rugby are going to be your big dudes that are squatting four or five hundred pounds. <laughs> They're deadlifting eight hundred pounds. These are big Jesus. dudes. Jesus, buck seventy with five pounds <laughs> in pocket, walking and going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I thought I could hang with the big boys. I couldn't hang with the big boys. I got a hernia, and the Army said, hey, you can't commission with a hernia. Get it repaired, and then we'll look at you. And so I said, you know what? I don't want, I don't care. I'm dropping out. I don't like school anyway. I dropped out. <laughs> I got the surgery anyway. Um, so here I am in Sopsy, and this medic's checking me out, and he goes, he's like, hey, last thing we need to do is a hernia check. And he goes, to give me the hernia check, and before he even tells me to turn my head and cough, he goes, dude, I can feel this hernia right now. Jesus. He said, this is probably one of the biggest hernias I've ever felt. He said, you are absolutely not continuing. And he goes and he tells the star, and star calls me, uh, Kadra calls me over, and he's like, his mood changed entirely. He goes from being the overbearing sergeant of, like, you know, the actual cadre telling you, like, hey, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. You know, the stereotypical cadre. Yeah. And he goes to being, like, empathetic. I mean, 100% empathetic <laughs> to just the point of, like, look, man, I, like, I see you pushing, I see you driving, but we cannot allow you to do this. I'm not going to lie. I started breaking down. I cried. I cried because I, I was devastated. Like, I wanted to push through. I wanted to keep doing it. But he's like, we cannot let you do this because if 
you have to go to the hospital or something like that, it's going to look really bad on us. On top of which, a hernia is a serious thing. Yeah. Because when a hernia ruptures, you don't notice it. Mm. Like, you see, like, any external hemorrhaging. It's all internal hemorrhaging. And if it's bad enough, you could bleed out relatively quickly. Quick. If we're out at Camp McCall, which is you know, an hour away yeah. from Womack, we can't really do much for you, even if we can airlift you out. And long story short, I go through and I get put into um, the OT platoon of, I think it's fourth group is what that training group is. doesn't matter. Uh, I'm in OT, which stands for out of training, meaning I got med dropped, I'm out of training, I'm awaiting orders or medical service or whatever it happens to be. Um, there was a meadow platoon, which I was surprised that I didn't get put into because of my hernia. But long story short, I wound up getting orders before I got my surgery. And so they, I had orders to the 173rd, and I took it up to the uh, – NCIT and I said, hey, Sarn, I like, I know I have these orders, but like, I'm supposed to get surgery at Womack in like a month. And he said, well, we can't really cancel these orders, so... <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> That's and like, yeah, and old private first class me been in the Army for a grand total of like six months. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I... Up. Yeah, and so I took a 16-hour flight to Venice, Italy, and then I got on a hour-long bus ride to Vicenza, Italy, and um, I showed up, and I in process, I showed up to Battle Company 2503, 173rd, and I said, hey, I'm your new uh, new private, and uh, I'm, I'm on to, a dead... I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I'm all out of bubblegum. I'm on a dead man's profile. And <laughs> I'm on a dead man's... But... I, that's not what I wanted, because I knew exactly what was going to happen. They were going to be like, oh, dead man's profile, you're just... You're sandbagging it. You're weak. You're a piece of shit. You're just gonna try and like lollygag through. Like we don't want you. Even even coming out of SFAS. Yeah, it, it didn't matter because I mean they, uh, the army's had plenty of people that go SFAS, go Option Forty, just so they can get airborne. Airborne, on yeah. Day one. So um, that's no longer a thing now. Airborne is now after all the fucking. After. Yeah. Yep. Wait, what? Yep. Yeah. And that's. I didn't. I missed what. What did so, you? So. Like he was saying, people would literally pick up option 40 contracts, you know, 18 x-ray contracts just to go airborne and then f- drop it. But they oh, they yeah. changed it now to where that is at the end of the uh, courses now. Oh, so, but you could still get like an airborne contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you can get like an 11 x-ray with airborne in your contract and you'll go to airborne school. But if you pick up an 11 x-ray with option 40 or if you pick up an 18 x-ray contract, as opposed to going through OSA and then Airborne School, it's OSA, RASP, and then Airborne School. Yeah. Or OSA, Selection, Airborne School, Halo. And yeah, then you do all the fun shit after. Yeah. Damn. yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that would be dope, though. Dope way to end your little... Well, no, because like he was saying, a lot of people would pick it up just for Airborne and then fucking, oh, I can't do this, or oh, I, yeah, I want to drop my... Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so I showed up to the 173rd, and I was on profile, and they, they didn't like me. They looked at me. I was the only person wearing UCP digicamos. Uh, because oh, every, fuck, yeah. Everybody else had frackies. They had multicam frackies. Uh, I was the only one wearing digi. 
my squad leader didn't like me. My team sergeant didn't like me. My team leader, uh, like I said, was, saw me at MEPS. He was a prior service uh, Marine, and he he was with uh, 1st Marine Division, did a couple of deployments, and he got out, and long story short, he came back in. He, he didn't he didn't much care for that for that life, and he wound up coming back in. And so he he knew me. He recognized my face. Damn. He was gonna make the most of it. Fuck. But I thank him a lot for my leadership style today. But uh, eventually, I they they looked at me and they're like, "Hey, you're the uh, you're the first new guy we've seen in like two years." <laughs> Jesus. And so it didn't matter that I was on Dead Man's profile. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm not saying I'm not uh, saying myself or anybody else violated my profile. Um but it, it was a time. <laughs> and uh eventually I Don't worry, I we'll we'll get an interview with Oswald after he retires. <laughs> uh, yeah, catch me in twenty. <laughs> uh, we'll still be going. Oh, shit, I hope. <laughs> Long story short, Old I, I get my surgery, and I wind up coming in. Uh, about two weeks after me, though, were these two guys, uh, Wilkie and Gurgel. And what I learned when I was PCSing was that my team leader, who wound up becoming my squad leader, he said, you know, of the three of you new guys that showed up to the unit, I thought you were going to be the absolute worst, the biggest piece of trash, sandbagonist, worst individual. Because Jesus. you showed up on profile. Yeah. And I thought, Wilkie and Gregel were going to be top-notch. But it turns out, it was you and Wilkie. Gregel wound up being all sorts of problems. <laughs> but long story short, go through the 173rd, had a phenomenal time. I picked up my P status and February of 2018, yeah, 2018, picked up my P status for five, uh, PCS to brag, after my um, PCS leave, month of PCS leave, I show up to ACO 2325, 2nd Brigade, 82nd Airborne Division, and I assume the position of a team leader within 1st Platoon. Uh, 1st Platoon... Second squad, Bravo team, or Alpha team leader. That lasted for all of two days. <laughs> Simply because the first sergeant calls me into his office the next day, and he goes, So, Oswald, I see you have over 18 months of RTO experience. Oh, boy. Because when I was in the 173rd, I was platoon RTO, company RTO, combo chief, platoon armor, saw gunner, grenadier, rifleman, team leaders. Jesus. I position Here's this pack of full men. of radios. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, RTO is, is your radio, bitch. Yeah. Uh, that's your radio telephone operator. <laughs> and, RTOs and they carry a lot of fucking be, heavy equipment. Uh-huh. RTOs are supposed to be 25 series uh, MOSs, meaning that is their job. They're trained to be around radios, work SKLs, any type of radio. Nah, it's normally just some private. But you never get them at the platoon or company level. You only get 25 series as a combo chief. Yeah. Well, when my combo chief 
for Battle Company, the 173rd had to go to ALC, which 25 series ALC is something like six months or something, four or six months. I, as the company RTO, had to fill the combo chief. However, simultaneously, I was also the platoon armorer and a team leader within the platoon. Jesus. Nice, dude. So Wait, I was so, getting, hold on. You were the platoon armor, meaning you had to show up basically at any time. Yep. If hey. anything was my platoon, I was in the company armor, which was nice. Oh, we had, okay. we had a we had a phenomenal company armor, and uh, we had a really good EXO uh, when I was holding that position. And so that the platoon armor wasn't an issue with me. I didn't complain too much about that part. I actually liked being in the armor, uh, being around the guns, learning how to disassemble, like all the way down to the trigger mechanisms, uh, how to essentially build um, weapon systems, so on and so forth. Yeah, so I don't need to get with you, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, the the RTO time was difficult for me. Uh, as y'all probably know, radios work on magic. And, oh, yeah. Um, they, they either work or they don't, and the RTO can only do so much. But going through the 173rd, I was RTO for 18 months. And when I showed up, my first sergeant uh, there in the 82nd, he said, hey, we really need some help in our combo department. I'll let you become a team leader, but and I really want to see you excel as an instrument, but we I'm going to be honest with you. We need some help in our combo cage. And I said, yeah, for sure. I'll help you. I'll, I'll do it. I'll square away that 25 series. I'll square away the, the combo cage. And that's what we did. I spent about three, four, five, six months. That's where you fucked up. Excuse me. Well, I spent about three, four, five, six months uh, in the cage doing, working out of headquarters platoon, you know, until our combo chief ets I did a complete overhaul of the combo cage, emptied everything out, did a giant layout, uh, worked with the CO. We had a really great CO, uh, Captain Corbett, phenomenal guy. He worked really, he worked with me a lot um, on trying to reset that. We got new radios. We, um, we got all sorts of, you know, better understanding of what we actually had and what we could use on our training mission and so on and so forth. And it, and it worked out really well for us. And at the end of that time, we got a new combo guy and I got pulled out and I got put back into a team leader position in uh, first looking. Nice. And then um, October of 2018, I went to BLC, uh, graduated my 10 date for five was zero one December of 18. Yeah, 18. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. All the dates, all the time is just blurring together. The so fact I, that you can remember all these dates, people, what you did, like, that's fucking. I'm saying, bro, you started listening to people from high school when we were talking before before the podcast started. I was like, oh my god! Like, I mean, I knew who you were talking about. I remembered, but like, I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of those people. <laughs> the fact that you can date some people—that's fucking. I wish I had that. Right? Shit. Well, you go to. I mean, the pot food. smoking doesn't help. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not quite me. Yeah, anyway, not there yet. Um, hey, give me twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Go on, uh, and I get sent off. I go to jump master school. Jump master school, excuse me. And I'll tell you what: going to jump master school 
it was three weeks, and I studied my ass off. Yeah. I, I made sure that I graduated and that I did not have to recycle. I was the first time going to Jumpmaster School. I came Damn. back, and I, I said, hey, I'm a Jumpmaster. I'm ready to do pull duties, this, that, and the other. And I said, hey, congratulations on being a Jumpmaster. We're going to go send you the ACP guard. ACP is Access Control Point. <laughs> the gate. Which is uh, the gate for Fort Bragg. They said, we need NCOs. And yeah, you're P- your UPL certified because I was the company UPL. Was. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Bro, they had you fucking doing everything. That's yep. what happens when you're high speed, low drag. Right? <laughs> you get thrown on everything. Get because they fuck. know you fuck won't that. fail. They fuck know you that. won't fail. If you're, if you're high speed, low drag in the regular army and you don't pursue SF or Ranger or something, tier one... You're gonna be fucked. You're Man. either gonna get fucked or now. To be fair, it wasn't all getting fucked because being, you know, that mentality, having that mentality, having that leadership, that NCO support channel that I did, it it benefited me because I made my five and like two and a half. I made my Damn. six and four. And I was set yeah. up for green to gold. And it, it, it benefited me a lot. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, hey, be a piece yeah. of shit. Be garbage. Because yeah. those were the worst privates. Those were the privates that I chaptered for malingering, for drug abuse, for going AWOL. Like. <laughs> that shit's so wild, bro. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I've, to- I've talked about it before. Like, I wasn't a great soldier when I first got in. But, like, I would have never thought to do anything, some, some Bro, crazy shit like that. Who's that dude yeah. in Biko whose dad brought him back? I don't know if, I don't know if you're like in or out. Life? No. There, <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy in Biko at Bragg oh, who what? went AWOL. And his dad brought him back to fucking Bragg. It was like, here, like, fuck no, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, we so Oswald. I don't know if I ever told you about this. We had the old cocaine cowboys. Um, we had. Uh, I want to say it was like five or six dudes that were from yeah from Bico or dealing, no. They were dealing cocaine, correct? Or were they oh, doing? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember reading about that when I was still in the hundred seventy third. So yeah. because one of those, if it was the same people, one of those like one of my really good friends now. He got. <laughs> He's one of the only ones that didn't get kicked out because of that. If it's just, oh, if we're yeah, thinking about yeah, the same people. I remember them all getting drunk. But because we called them the Cocaine Cowboys because, of course, they all got Article 15. So, yeah. And they had to do, you know, extra duty or whatever. And I remember, because I actually got an Article 15, like, not long after that. And I had two weeks of extra duty. I think it was that time I missed Manifest. <laughs> you piece and, of shit. Yeah, I know, I know. And, uh... And I remember someone going, oh, shit, you in, you in extra duty with the cocaine cowboys. And I went, no, I don't think they weren't there. I think they had already they had already left at yeah. the time. And I was like, no, I don't think so. Or maybe they – I don't know if they had already – yeah, they had already left, I think. Yeah. No. And um, and they were like, oh, you with the cocaine cowboys. I was like, no. I was like, no, I don't think so. I think they're, I think they're gone already. Now, but, one of them got moved over to Deco and is like one of my best friends now. That was, man, I, I like, again, like, I, I wasn't a, a, a super great soldier when I first got in, but, man, I could never think of doing some crazy shit like that. Like, holy no. shit, man. Shit. There's, a, there's quite a number of stories that, uh, John, I'll expand upon 
uh, in April. But uh, <laughs> once you graduate, no, and uh, so uh, end of April, I'm I'm getting married. John's coming up. Oh, nice. And, uh, he's one of my groomsmen. Yeah. Well, congrats. I'll, I'll expand upon that. Thank you. Marriage is horrible. No, I'm just kidding. I love you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, oh man, yeah, nah, nah. Yeah. Marriage is great. Uh huh. <laughs> the eighty seconds wild man. All the airborne units were wild man. I, to me, it just seems like they're different from from the regular army. Bro, it is. Oh my god, it is. I mean, not just. I mean, not just different in like tempo or anything. I just mean like it's different. In, it's a different breed. Yeah. Yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah it's. It was, uh, was it Gerald Patton that said, give me a man who will jump out of an aircraft, and I'll give you a man who will fight to the death? Yeah. Or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. It's airborne soldiers, and I tell this to all of my peers here at the school. Air, going airborne breeds a different soldier. It's a different mentality. Yeah. You are, it's, you are, it's the beginning. Yeah, you're... you're there's a real to a different standard and it winds up becoming this is what we said in battle company over in the 173rd we said work hard play hard battle hard because our our saying was battle hard because uh, we were battle company and it, and that's what it was it we we trained hard yeah it's a lifestyle it, like yeah yeah if, i mean if you're training hard you've got to have a way to blow off that yeah is that that, I mean, that, like, that big dick energy it's like I, I told that story. I tell I tell that story of of the of of what happened with training where I was watching the six, not because of me watching the six, because of how quickly these dudes were t- like. I mean, it, it it's like everything is taken so seriously. Everything, every little moment when it when it comes down to it. Now, like when you're bullshitting and, and you're out there, you know, just you know doing dumbass training or, or you know jumping for yeah. to, for jump's sake. Like yeah, that's fun, and and you bullshit, and you and you have your fun. But like when it comes down to training, like those dudes are for real. Yeah. And like I, I mean, I never forget turning my head, saying one thing, taking two shots, and turning around, and, and both guns were laid down. I mean, they it was, I mean, they move, dude. I mean, it does. I mean, they they take their training very seriously, and it starts there to go anywhere else, you know, Ranger and beyond. I mean, that's that's why they start with that. I mean, there, there's more to it than just that. I mean, no, it, you have to be able to jump out of airplanes to do that shit, but, but I mean, it, you have to be crazy enough to do that dumbass shit. And it it breeds that mentality of, I'm better than you and I know it. Yeah. It really I, does. <laughs> it does. It really does. And, and all that, all that turns into, it turns into a lot of, you know, news feed articles saying, the airborne is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling. Well, if, if you guys aren't aware, if you guys haven't been paying attention to uh, Army doctrine, the Airborne's mission statement has changed. Yeah, it's no longer uh, airfield seizures, JFEs, onto the objective. I didn't. With the this. implementation of uh, GMVs, ground mobility vehicles. It's completely changed. So GMVs, I think this latest contract is being filled by Oshkosh. Dude, I, Oshkosh I does everything for the fucking army. 
Yeah, I mean, they made the JLTVs and the uh, the Matt Vs yeah. for deployments and stuff like that, and I've heard no complaints. All of my buddies that have been deployed, they, they love them to death. Oh, the Matt Vs are the shit. Yeah, phenomenal uh, vehicles and stuff like that. But this new one, it's more, it's, it's doorless, it's, uh, it's lightweight, and its whole idea behind it and why the 82nd got behind it and the airborne community got behind it is because the mission statement uh, was changing. And so now... They can do a brigade insertion, you know, X amount of kilometers out from the objective. They but they also heavy drop these GMVs with them. Jesus. And each each GMV holds nine people, and so that's that's an airborne squad. So you sit in it as you go out the plane. Got it. Not quite. <laughs> so, so speaking speaking of heavy drops, now I know we talked about this before we got on the show. We were going to bring this up. Now, uh, from, from what we talked about prior to the right, episode up. starting... Hey, stand by, Airborne. I need a beer. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll go ahead and fill everybody in before while, while he gets his beer. So we talked about prior to Oswald coming to our, or well, us starting the podcast that we were going to talk about the 173rd incident of dropping... Well, I don't remember how many it was... I can, right off the top of my head, remember it was like two or three. The infamous Humvee drop. Yeah, the infamous Humvee drop. Two or three Humvees. Heavy dropped out of a plane. No parachutes. (laughs) Well, I mean, they definitely had them. They didn't (laughs) work. They just didn't come out. Um, Huge failure. They sent, again, I can't remember. I want to say it was two or three. Maybe Oswald will know more. I think it was like three. Um, Yeah. It was something like that, but they dropped three Humvees, two or three Humvees, onto the ground, completely obliterated. Uh, somebody got it on video. All right, you can't even stop talking and let... let it uh, went completely viral. And let, let, let a sky Oswald, soldier tell us. Oswald discussed the aftermath. So, from what I remember, that incident occurred in March of 2016. It was yeah, a... Something, uh, something like that. So, when you're... No, in no, 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 no. It couldn't have been 2016, because I was in. I, I got in in 2017. No, you didn't, because I got in at 15, you're already fucking in, retard. Yeah. No. You got... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I got... Uh, yeah, oh, God, I'm tripping. Oh. I said, I joined at 15, and you're already fucking there. Woo. Yeah, shut up. I lost... <laughs> I so like March had a couple glasses. Yeah, it was, right, it was like not long after I got in. Yeah, and I, I didn't. That now. I didn't show up to the herd until April of sixteen. Uh, of the herd. And uh, and there there was a uh, general feel about the brigade, which was uh, let's just say upset. And there was a lot. There was a lot of posters posted saying, "Hey, reward for information pertaining to this event." Um, what? Yep, there was there was like a ten. Oh yeah. And it wound up going up to fifteen thousand dollars reward for any information pointing On, towards uh, who done it. Yeah. Essentially. Wait, who done? Uh, who did the the video? Yeah. No. Oh no. Oh. Not the video. No. See, that's what I because now that I remember, I do remember there being a reward, but I thought it was for who reported the video. So all right. So the thing is, I don't know if it's the same in one seventy third as it is at Bragg. But whenever, like, heavy load, infantry did that. Infantry would rig the fucking Humvees, fucking put the parachute on, 
loaded up and all that. No? No, not, not for us. That was so like heavy loads and stuff like that. That would always fall down to the riggers. Oh yeah, no. So the riggers would just sit there and watch us do it. Really? Yeah, and we uh, fucking so like we had phenomenal. Welcome, there, welcome to the eighty second. All American stationed at uh, Aviano Air Force Base uh, in northern Italy, which is where we based all of our airborne ops out of. We had phenomenal riggers there. Um, but what the 173rd and I guess Eurocom came down to say is that somebody sabotaged the uh, restraints. Because the thing is that there were parachutes. Everything was rigged up correctly as it should have been. However, they said that their investigators, uh, whether it's CID or whatever, yeah. uh, criminal investigation department, department or something like that. Some of that, yeah. yeah. Uh, they had said that the uh, restraints, the straps, were cut. Not all the way through, but they were enough. cut. Enough. Yeah. Where you have a Humvee, enough weight tilted to one side, they broke, and so then the parachutes didn't properly deploy. Because oh, if you shit. watch the video, you can. So when you do a heavy load, you have a, a skid, essentially a flat platform that you set. Yeah the vehicle or whatever you're doing, uh, whatever heavy drop you're doing on top of it, and then the parachute harnesses are attached uh, to that. The issue was that the restraint system connecting the Humvee to the platform was cut on all three of them at the same place on all three, which is what led them to suggest sabotage. Uh, which then caused, once they exited, obviously they're not going to exit the aircraft and just flat out fall. Yeah. They're going to exit, and they're going to have an angle to them because, you know, gravity. Until the parachute can fully deploy, the canopy can open up and level itself out. See, that um, makes it more so, boring now that it was sabotaged. Well, and so that went on. <laughs> oh, no, that doesn't make it more boring. That makes it more They didn't find... They didn't pin it on anybody or find anybody until I was about the PCS, and so that would have been 2018. It that was a very long investigation. Oh yeah. Because um, yeah, I never found out what happened. Yeah, uh, essentially, uh, some guy, you know, he he cut the restraints. And, oh uh, shit! So for it was one the- one reason or the other, and I mean, and on top of that is that obviously with heavy drops. You need, it's not just an empty Humvee. Yeah. Inside the Humvee, you'll have whatever weapon systems that you're going to mount on that on that swivel turret, whether it's a Mark 19, a uh, machine grenade launcher, a uh, uh, Maw Deuce, a uh, 50 cal, or a tow. Yeah. Uh, on top of which, you have to have all of the comsec, all the radios. So you have, at a minimum, two ASIP radios in there with probably, you know, a bunch a bunch of extra radios and batteries. And yeah, you, you got everything in those fucking Humvees. Yeah, extra ammo, yeah. water, food. Yeah, I, I, I remember, yeah, I remember those things used to be packed out. Bro. Yeah, and so, I mean, obviously, they lost more than just three old Humvees. Humvee, yeah. They lost an uh, exponential amount of money with yeah. that because they, they burned in, they crashed. The um, fact that somebody had the balls to fucking cut them. Well, and not only that, but you factor in, I mean, they spent money 
to set up this training mission, and yeah. now this training mm-hmm. mission is ruined. So now that money's wasted, and I mean, you're talking millions, billions of dollars potentially. Um, I forget, I forget the number, but it's probably a pretty quick search. Um, it the the money to run a C one thirty Juliet or Hercules uh, versus a C seventeen. And I mean, and that's just in fuel alone. Yeah. The amount of JPA that you've got to use just to fly those aircraft is astronomical. And you're having to think that these Eurocom aircraft, these Air Force aircraft, are flying from Germany down to Italy to pick all of us up. Back up, yeah. To fly back to Hohenfeld, Germany to do an airborne op, except now they have thousands of thousands of pounds. Jesus. It's a lot of money. And I mean, and the Army spends a lot of money, and that's the reason why often you see leg units such as 10th Mountain, uh, 3rd ID, 101st, of all leg units. Their, their budget, they have all this cooler, nicer gear. The 101st is used all the time for uh, like experimental programs. They, the 101st had the exoskeleton uh, prototype. They had the mule prototype. Damn. They, had, they were the first ones to receive the SIG uh, when they were testing it out. The 101st gets all of these. Damn. They, they su- I hate the fucking 101st. Yeah, and the 101st, they're often the first ones to receive the equipment because their budget is so large. And same with 10th Mountain because they don't have to spend all of their budget, their yearly budget, on airborne ops. We ain't got shit. Those airborne ops are what makes the airborne exponentially better than ever, any non-airborne qualified individual. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I, 100%, the quality of people and soldiers that come out of airborne is high above anything that comes out of a fucking regular leg unit. But we won't go back onto that tangent. Do you find anything, John? Nope. So... So I found I found some stats on the the, <laughs> the flying. I don't know um, which one did you say was more expensive? The C seventeen. The C seventeen. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's bigger. So the C one thirty costs for DOD component users about six thousand six hundred and four dollars per hour. The C seventeen, give it one second, um, costs about twenty three thousand eight hundred and eleven dollars. Jesus. <laughs> Go ahead and search up the uh, what is it, the C five Galaxy? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right here actually. The it's fucking says, uh, seventy eight thousand eight hundred and seventeen dollars per hour. I have never seen a C five Galaxy in person until the eighty second had their <laughs> rapid deployment to Iraq for uh, on New Year's. Bro, you can fit. A C-17 inside of a C-5. Yeah, they're fucking massive. So, that rapid deployment, I was pissed. You can ask my wife, because I'm sitting in bed (laughs) watching when that shit is happening in my old fucking company as I'm sitting down at Benning and fucking Tradoc heading over to fucking Iraq. And I was like, you motherfuckers. (laughs) Yeah, I remember. So, I mean, Oswald, I think you know. I mean, right when I got out, I've I've talked about this on the podcast. Right when I got out, there was an offer for I could stay for a year and ten thousand G's. Should have stayed, bro. Year deployment. Should have stayed. That money was fucking worth it. uh, Yeah, I mean, there's a part (laughs) of me that wished I would stay, but like, I'm also glad that like I got out and was able to start school and shit. But yeah, that that um, money was worth it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I do remember so. 
I mean, once you guys went on that deployment, I was okay. I was like, whatever. Like, that was, you know, it, it was, it's, it's, we're not in the heat of war anymore. You know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not too concerned with missing that, whatever. But then when I heard about the New Year's one, I was like, fuck me, man. Bro, I was, I, was like, I literally left, like, at the wrong time. Yeah, I was pissed. I was, like, I wasn't admitting long before that happened either, so, like, I was fucking pissed. Just watching, talking to dudes from my old company, like, yeah, we're fucking leaving. Fuck you, dudes. And now I'm on QRF, and all this shit's popping off of fucking Russia. Oh, so really? I'm sure I'm going to fucking Russia right now, fucking die. Well, if so, you go, uh, if you go I, to I, Russia, I, man, I'll carry on. I'll just interview people. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <I'll> <laughs> the, so that is the 173rd mission statement. Uh, the 173rd, all the way up until 2013, was actually on its way to be deactivated. The 173rd was going to be shut down and stood down. Damn. Uh, really? Yes, simply because the amount of money that it costs to run not only a unit overseas in Europe where cost of living is higher, but to run an airborne unit overseas, uh, obviously, it's yeah, it a financial a burden. Yeah. On top of which, the 173rd is based out of Italy, which is one of the more expensive uh, yeah. countries to live they in. They pick like one of the most expensive countries, one of the nicest ones, that, which that is surprising. Can, that, that well, so that was a decision made decades ago, and yeah, yeah. it's just kind of been there um, yeah. since. But I mean, there's both our artillery unit and our scouts battalion are both based out of Germany, um, and I, from what I was told is that they would have joined two CR, uh, uh, which is also based out of Germany. Yeah, and so the the whole reason why the 173rd didn't get deactivated is because in 2014 the invasion of Crimea uh, by Russia essentially caused the rest of the EU and uh, and NATO forces to say hey you cannot don't you dare shut down a a QRF quick reaction force unit an airborne unit yeah. in Europe because we need them if Russia invades we need the airborne to be there. In less than 18 hours. Yeah, but I'll say, say me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's like any airborne unit could be anywhere within 18 hours. So it's within 24 hours. However, both the 82nd and the 173rd, and I'm fairly certain the 25th, 4th uh, Brigade uh, out of Alaska, they all uphold themselves to 18 hours. Yeah. Uh, I could be wrong, but I believe Devil Brigade was out of Bragg within, they were wheeled up within 17 hours. Yeah, they were, yeah. They were fucking quick. Yeah. When that shit popped off. I'll elaborate uh, what I can a little bit more on that uh, for the later part, uh, because I, I was a little bit involved in that. Um, but, and so with the 173rd being stood back up, when a unit is being deactivated, they immediately get put to the bottom of the funding list. Mm-hmm. And not only does that incorporate funding and equipment, but that also uh, incorporates HRC's uh, unit appropriation. And so because they were being deactivated, no more new personnel were being sent there, and they were just waiting until essentially everybody PCS, and then the unit would just shut down. Obviously, the invasion of Crimea happened. Uh, the EU petitioned, uh, or not not the EU, but NATO petitioned the United States to restand the 173rd. And so that happened. But due to issues with uh, communication, it took a little while for people to start showing up. And so that was the reason why, like, when I left 
SFASOT. Uh, I was in a class of like 30 something. They all went. Four, four people went to the 25th uh, to Alaska. I think two people, one went to 10th Mountain, one, one went to Hawaii, and then three people, no, yeah, three people went to the 173rd. Everybody else went to brag. Because obviously a, a division needs more men than a brigade because the 173rd is only one brigade. Uh, and so what that turned into was, you know, just us three flying over to Bra- or to, to Italy, and we show up, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're like one of the first people we've ever seen, like new people that we've seen in like a long time. <laughs> you're one of the first people we've ever seen. <laughs> Civilization. So it, 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 sure, it turned into, uh, with me being one of the, the newest arrivals within the unit, as soon as I showed up, two weeks later, three people showed up to my company alone. Yeah. Another week after that, three more people showed up. And we went from each platoon being about two squads strong to each platoon being almost a full platoon strong within yeah. a matter of, like, three, four months. And so, I mean, the the rotation that they had coming into the 173rd to revamp them was very, very quick from yeah. what I could see. And then the 173rd goal was to counter Russian aggression. That's why, like, my deployments in the, my deployment in the 173rd were, you know, to Estonia, to Romania, to Slovenia, to all of the Eastern European countries, most of which bordered Russia. Like, I went to Estonia for six months. Hearts and minds. Uh, yeah, no, it, it show, it's a presence. It's the same thing as when you go on an actual deployment and you do what's known as presence controlling. It's, it's saying, like, hey, we're here. We're showing our support. We're here to help you. Um, and we're here to provide protection. We're almost done. And so, and, and that's what that six-month deployment was. It was us in Estonia and Romania, Lithuania, Poland. We had one battalion between those four units. And when we were in Estonia, uh, oh, excuse me. We were in Estonia. And as soon as we touched ground and we, you know, set up, set up base, they told us, they, they said, hey, just about 50 kilometers to the east, there's a battalion of Russian Spetsnaz doing the exact same thing you were doing. And all we were doing in Estonia was we were doing live fire drills, no. we were planning airborne operations, we were training. And because we knew that there would be Russian news outlets traveling into Estonia to view us and capture news footage, we wanted them to capture us training because it was sending a message saying like, hey, the 173rd is here in Estonia. We will stay here. We will support our NATO allies. We will not go anywhere. But you and Russia's response to that was to send their own unit, uh, their own airborne unit, which just happened to be a Spetsnaz unit. And they did the same thing. They did live fires, training exercises on their side of the board. <laughs> and it, it, it became a pissing contest. Yeah. But ultimately, that pissing contest is important just to know people that we mean business. How far, we, how, we far, back how far is each side willing to go? Yeah. Exactly. Testing the waters. Obviously, nobody genuinely agrees or can, can 
can come to some sort of consensus that there will be a general thermonuclear war um, to that regard because that obviously becomes mutually assured destruction. Yeah. Russia can't win if they in turn destroy themselves. You know what I'm saying? Fuck it. Putin's a murderer anyway, so... (laughs) Damn, we're gonna have Russia coming after these. (laughs) First it was the Naval Academy, now it's Russia. Fuck it, let's send it. I'll I'll go. Yeah, we're here to call you out too. (laughs) I'll go to war. But... Oh, man. Hunter, I appreciate you joining us, man. It's getting late. We'll definitely get you back on talk about how shitty the 173rd is. No, I'm just <laughs> oh, shut your mouth. <laughs> but, man, I appreciate you, John. As always, I appreciate y'all. Yeah, man. So me and John have decided to start a little thing at the end of every episode. Guys, if y'all need help, y'all need somebody to re- out, reach out to, John's messages are always open. My messages are always open. I'm sure Hunter wouldn't mind. So reach out. If y'all need help, man, reach out. There's plenty of organizations. There's plenty of programs that are willing to help. But, guys, it's not worth the risk. It's not worth fucking taking your own life for whatever that situation you're in now. For John Gresham, Hunter Oswald, I'm Wes Medeiros. Later, y'all. See y'all.